0: Hello, I'm David Moscrop. Welcome to Open to Debate, brought to you by Interact. The royal family is once again front and center in the news. This time thanks to two of its most prominent members, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, stepping back from their official duties. Whenever the royals take center stage, the country is plunged headlong into a familiar debate driven by fervent republicans and casually irritated citizens alike. Does Canada need the monarchy? As simple as the question may seem, it's anything but. The monarchy is deeply embedded in the Canadian state, which presents practical issues with getting rid of it, but it may also be desirable and worth keeping thanks to the fact that in many ways, it simply gets the job done. Today my guest is Dale Smith, a freelance journalist in the Parliamentary Press Gallery, author of The Unbroken Machine, and contributor to the book Royal Progress, Canada's Monarchy in an Age of Disruption, which comes out this week from Dundurn Press. Alright, let's start here. What is the monarchy, Uh, because it's obviously a royal family, it's full of all the trappings that we're used to, but it's also
1: an institution. It's an institution and it's a central organizing function in a system of government like ours. Um, It's hard to think of how our system could really operate as well as it does without having the monarchy in the center of it because it provides um, not only just the kind of symbolic trappings that are kind of necessary within a democratic system. But it's also creates um, that sort of apolitical fire extinguisher at the center of things for when things go off the rail. Right. It's like a little bit of dis- – so I think of it a little bit as, a, as at times as a buffer
0: but also as sort of a, almost as a – something through which authority and power flows. Uh, now someone might look at that and say, well, so what? It's just it's just symbolic. I mean, what good does that do? At the end of the day, the Prime Minister still has the power, the courts still have their power, what the police have still got their guns. W- what is this meant to do?
1: Well, the power of the court stems from the power of the crown. Um so I mean it it is the, the font by which things flow. Um it's it's hard to um I guess think of how we would organize ourselves in a way that doesn't have that central function kind of just in the, in the middle of things holding everything together. Right. So, I mean, I
0: want to press on this point a little bit because, uh, there are different systems. We see them around the world. Some have a, a president, um, and a prime minister. Some have a president and a Congress with a speaker. Um, some have, um, uh, Various mixes of those things. Uh, We have a prime minister with extraordinary powers and a a crown with represented in Canada by the governor general with limited powers. My argument, I I mean, I'm often a grudging supporter of the monarchy because I look around the world and say, well, I don't see a lot of systems performing much better. And the best example is the United States. Uh,
1: Especially these days.
0: Especially these days, but you could say that it, it was always going to fail. You know, in political science, there was always a mystery: how is it that the presidential system works nowhere except for the United States? And the answer to the mystery, is well, it doesn't work there either. It doesn't work there anywhere. Uh, what is it about this? This sort of—it's um, not quite arm's length, but this this uh, slightly removed symbolic authority that makes the system work. Because, I mean, it's there. It's all around us. Like you said, Mm -hmm. power uh, flows uh, through it or from it or whatever you want to say. Um, We say we need it, but but
1: by what mechanism is it doing that work? Uh, One of the things I think the way in which we can conceive it is who has power and who exercises it. The crown has power but it doesn't exercise it Mm. and the prime minister exercises power but doesn't actually own it or control it. And it creates a kind of a tension or a dynamic that reminds one another of how they're supposed to operate and in the norms and that there is someone outside there for when they violate those norms who can um, rein things in uh, on either end. And I think that's something that we don't necessarily appreciate, um, particularly, you know, we we complain that the prime minister has extraordinary powers in our in Canada in particular, uh, in, it, as opposed to certain other Westminster countries. But at the end of the day, our system nevertheless prevents our prime minister from necessarily developing a cult of personality Mm. in the way in which – presidential politics does because we don't have our prime minister on postage stamps and you know on you know that you swear allegiance to or anything like that photos hanging up photos yeah it's and that's it's one of those things that having the crown kind of removes that from the equation a little bit and i think that provides a tempering influence that we don't necessarily see in other places particularly the united states
0: Yeah, there's nothing more disturbing than landing in an American airport and walking out to a photo of Donald Trump. I I will never get used to that. It is absolutely terrifying to me. Uh, Not that I like photos of of other presidents um, as a rule, but this one is particularly disturbing. Uh, The the, the moment when you see the the monarchy uh, through the governor general in Canada, uh, the most I think is when a prime minister has to be appointed. Uh, especially when there's some controversy or or a, a premier for that matter, mm-hmm. thinking back to British Columbia in 2017. For sure. Where the governor general had a pretty a tough decision. Gunner. Oh, I'm sorry. That's right. The, the, the LG had a pretty uh, significant decision to make and there was a lot of controversy and all of a sudden everyone wanted to know who this woman was and what well, her role was. And there was a bit of a teaching moment. Uh, but she exercised a, a pretty important function. What I found interesting then was everyone sort of behaved. You know, politicians tried to do their thing. Christy Clark tried to pull some stunts. But at the end of the day, the the LG made a call and that was that. Um, You know, what is it about the institution that allows it uh, to maintain such respect in the face of indifference um, by many Canadians and, and scorn that gets heaped on the royal family itself?
1: Um. I think a lot of that indifference and scorn is mostly performative. Mm. Um, I think for the most part, we are still very deferential to that center of authority. Um, It's almost kind of like a atavistic kind of hindbrain sort of uh, deference that that we find ourselves unable to to break away from. And that's not really a bad thing because – um, the way the system is set up currently, you know, doesn't allow the crown to necessarily take advantage of that um, level of deference the way it used to. Right. Um, so I think that I think that helps kind of keep it in check. Yeah. And you know, politicians may try and pull stunts, but when you've got that a political figure that says, well, it doesn't even say that just. Um, kind of like smiles and nods, ha- lets them say their piece. And then, you know, in, in the case uh, of British Columbia, the real choice was not to go to an election. Right? Um, it wasn't, I'm naming you or I'm naming you. It's, I'm not going to call another election. And so that kind of made everyone say, all right, well, then let's organize ourselves if that's going to be the case. And, and I think it's it's that kind of, way in which the, the, that power was exercised in a way that was distant and and removed and not personalized or or not really you know it was very much above the fray and mm-hmm. I think that kind of keeps it at the level by which we're able to still maintain that level of deference to it.
0: Yeah, it strikes me as as indicative of how healthy many of our institutions are that the, the Prime Minister, Appoints these people, uh, or the premier. Um, well it's the, the queen minister. appoints. <laughs> yeah, the queen on <laughs> but, the advice of the prime minister. Right, but, yeah. uh, uh, And yet, uh, that person can turn around and remain pretty stalwart in the job, and often make a decision that maybe the the first minister doesn't love, and yet they do it. And when I look back on the instances of of controversy around, first, uh, LGs or or Governors General, uh, think of Mikhail Jean and the Harper years and prorogation, it seems to me that they typically make the right call. That whatever they end up doing, even though it might be controversial, it certainly doesn't upset uh, any constitutional uh, norms or any Mm -hmm. laws. Uh, That said... The question that follows, I think, from a lot of people that are irritated not necessarily by the institutions but, but certainly by the monarchy is couldn't we replace this with something domestic? Do we need it to be – no, it's just the queen of Canada but it doesn't need to be the queen of Canada who happens to live in the United
1: Kingdom. Uh, I, I think we underestimate just how Canadianized the monarchy in Canada has become. Uh, you know, we on a certain popular level, you know, refer to to her incorrectly as the Queen of England. Yeah. Never mind. The, there hasn't been a separate crown for England since <laughs> 1707. Uh, but the way in which the Canadian monarchy behaves is actually very different from the way in which the monarchy in the United Kingdom behaves. Um, and this goes back to early Confederation when the Marquis of Lorne was named the governor general and he came here with Princess Louise and everyone in Canada was, we've got a member of the royal family living in Canada, how do we comport ourselves? And we kind of came to this agreement that we were going to give up court matter or manners and kind of a lot of that protocol and it was just the very Canadian way was, let's just everyone have good manners. <laughs> and as a result, the the Queen of Canada, when she comes to Canada, is a much more informal and relaxed persona than the Queen of the United Kingdom. And I don't think that we necessarily appreciate mm-hmm. that as well the way in which we've Canadianized the institution of governor general – um, with the you know the alternation between anglophone and francophone and and so on is another one of those ways in which we've we've Canadianized the the parts of the institution that dire- you know affect us directly and it almost becomes a bit of a an exercise in frustration to wonder well how can we make this even more Canadian when it's already Canadian yeah. um, I don't know how you would necessarily replace I, I, I mean there, there's always the, the notion that we could you know create a separate line of succession and uh, place a, someone else on the throne uh, post Queen Elizabeth the um, uh, second. you know there's always Prince Harry being floated around yes. but um, I think that that is not necessarily uh, the best choice. Um, I half jokingly said, uh, you know, perhaps we should go for Peter Phillips, who is, uh, Princess Anne's oldest son, because he married a Montrealer. And so we would have that kind of Canadian dynasty <laughs> uh-huh. of you know we've got the Anglo and the Franco, Francophone side, and, uh, and that. I believe that got Europe into some trouble in the past, though. That that's yeah, they, they relied
0: on that a little too much,
1: a little I too think. much. Yeah. But I, I I think you know I considered that half jokingly, and one of my monarchist friends uh, absolutely put his foot down and said, uh, "I'm not having the next queen named Savannah being being their daughter." Oh, my, <laughs> oh, but you know we could always choose a different regnal name. Uh, but that being said. Um, I love that. I think that would be a great name. Uh, Suffice to say, yeah, uh, like we we kind of float these theories out there from time to time. But I don't know that anything necessarily needs to come of it. Um, I I think the current royal family has enough abiding love for Canada that I don't know that we would be served any better by having a domestic, um, you know, in You know, full-time in Canada, Monarch, than we do cost-sharing it with uh, the the UK. Yeah, so these are the two points
0: I want to dispatch with immediately, uh, that it would be less expensive, which to me uh, seems like an utter canard because it would be more expensive, wouldn't it? It
1: would be it? way more expensive. Uh, we've got although a timeshare right, right, right now, which is a yeah. good deal. Uh, although that being said, it would be even more expensive to have a president, so –
0: Yes, and and a complete disaster, uh, you know. Because there's always the question: How do you choose these people? And and frankly, not having to choose them is a blessing. Uh, we've seen what happens when you have to choose them. Uh, uh, the other is, is of course, um, the, the Canadianization point that you raised. That effectively, we have that already here in mm-hmm. the function of of the Governor General. Uh, that said, it relies on the Governor General uh, being chosen wisely. I get the sense that maybe you don't think that was the case in the in the last round.
1: Uh, There are certainly a good number of criticisms as to how uh, Julie Payette has been performing her duties, uh, particularly around some of the ceremonial things. Um, They chose someone who likes to be very hands-on and put her in a role where she's not really allowed to be hands-on and that I think has created a few problems.
0: And yet we share the same space-time continuum, isn't that? that Yes,
1: yes. Thank God for that,
0: because I, I, you wrote about in Maclean's that how uh, Prince Harry and and Meghan could perhaps take on some of the duties that are being uh, under uh, performed by Rito Hall, mm-hmm. Governor General. How would that work?
1: Um, essentially, uh, the Governor General. Uh, or the office of the governor general over the past century has accumulated a number of patronage portfolios, and I think the count was about two, about 250 of them, oh. by which you know the governor general lends his or her support and you know does a symbolic little thing here and there. Um, although some organizations actually have it written into their bylaws that the governor general has a role within the organization um, as kind of a, a symbolic. Hmm. Um, board, chair, head, something. Um, but there is a role for that that person. And if the governor general has opted not to deal with these kind of patronage uh, positions, we have a monarchy that is – that's what they do. Um, and the count that I saw in terms of the number of actual royal patronages that are currently in Canada is only about 80 so there's definitely room for members of the royal family to pick up some slack uh, in that area and provide that you know that sense of, of cachet and and so on that they can provide to organizations draw bring attention to them their causes that kind of thing and um, you know it would it would not only I think help keep the monarchy more relevant in Canada but I think it would also be a bit more of a buffer for when we have a governor general who is less keen on doing these aspects of that job.
0: I mean, I, I, that seems uh, perfectly agreeable to me. I'm not sure. I mean, if I I spent a lot of time in Vancouver uh, and I loved it, although it was nice to have something to do during the day, so I can imagine that very soon after arriving the the. Prince and princess. Is she a princess?
1: She's not a princess. She's not a prince. She's she, a duchess. She, she's duchess. That's right. And and he's not using his prince title anymore. Uh, he's, he's no he's longer formally known as prince. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, they're now just simply the Duke and Duchess of Sussex.
0: Duchess of Sussex is. I, I well, I have to practice saying that a few times because okay. But then let's get to the the heart of the now. I, I mean, I. I've heard good critiques of the crown, the monarchy, less good critiques of it, a lot of silly nonsense uh, from the exact people you'd expect to hear it from. Uh, the two best arguments I've heard against it are that the, the crown and the monarchy, the, the monarchy in the United Kingdom specifically, can't ever overcome the legacy of colonialism against indigenous peoples on the one hand and of course the defeat of, uh, of France – in seventeen fifty nine and the legacy of that, so you know can this monarchy ever get over its legacy of colonialism, and what about French Canada? to me, those seem like pretty good critiques, uh, although maybe not decisive
1: uh, I think they 're also slightly a historical though um, I think the way in which colonialism happened in Canada was very different than it in, in some other countries um, and certainly we have. For the most part, um, indigenous communities have direct relationship with the crown. Um, There was this whole notion about Queen Victoria as the great white mother and they had signed these treaties with her directly. And then it became governments of the day who no longer were honoring what what, uh, those treaties were supposed to stipulate. Um, And so I don't know that there is necessarily the same level of – antagonism to the monarchy amongst Canadian Indigenous peoples as there would be in certain other countries um, where um, colonialism happened very differently than it did here. Um, and, and so I think that's something that we should probably tease out a little more and hear from a few more Indigenous sure. voices in terms of um, how they conceive of their own relationship with the the crown um, than, than – um, other indigenous peoples in different countries do, and I think that that we may be importing um, a, a wrong narrative in terms of uh, how we can how how we think that the indigenous peoples see the the, the crown in terms of the legacy of colonialism.
0: I, right. I mean, I certainly can't speak for them, but I would imagine that they have uh, as much of a beef with maybe probably more with politicians than they do with the crown at this point. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's politicians who are fighting them in court. It's politicians who are uh, dragging their feet on, on, well, they've sped up now, but on drinking, on clean drinking water in the north and so on and so forth. Um, but what about Quebec? What about the legacy of, of the defeat of, uh, what about, Jim me souviens?
1: Um, this is another one of those areas that has become somewhat ahistorical because one of the things that I learned in the course of reading up on these things is that Quebec used to be actually quite ardently monarchist because – French Quebec. French Quebec. <laughs> right. um, because um, they – by virtue of being under the English crown, they escaped the horrors of the French Revolution hmm. um, and Napoleon and and so on, so on that came after that
0: because they and, remained quite religious and Catholic, right? Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and and um, it wasn't until the Quiet Revolution that the notion that the monarchy was oppressing them started coming to the fore, and that was more political propaganda than it was an actual um, feeling of, um, you know. Bitterness over seventeen fifty nine. So it's one of these things where I think we need to just take a, a broader look at history and and perhaps um, you know remind Quebecers that this this was not always so. Um, Part of that, though, comes down to the way in which education is so highly politicized in, in Quebec, and you know the ways in which succeed, successive governments um, constantly tinker with their history courses in order to either exacerbate or or quell grievances, um, and you know what you know what I think a lot of the feelings on the monarchy. Um, they have today stem from a lot of that kind of politicization and, and propaganda that started in in the, in the sixties. That said, I mean, there is um, part of it. It does stem from, I think somewhat the, the somewhat socialist feelings in Quebec about, you know, people who live in castles and so on. But um, I think that also just comes down to needing to, I guess educate people on the trade-off of what monarchy is. Mm-hmm. Um you know, we allow them to have wealth, but we basically trap them um into a life of duty and they don't have lives of their own at that point. You know, they are they are bound to service to the the state. I would not
0: trade All the castles in the world for that life.
1: Yeah, I I can't
0: imagine. I I cannot imagine that life. I mean, you you will never be private. You'll never have a private moment again. And as you said, you are bound to duty. I mean, you are locked. You're closer to um, to Rapunzel uh, than than to oh, for God's sakes, to uh, Hugo Chavez. Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, this
0: is what I I, I, the the look. I mean, I'm a social democrat. As I was saying last week, and some people quite like this line that I was. Uh, there are days where I'm to the left of Lenin, and then days where I'm not. But um, I, that's the least of my concerns. The, that that seems to me to be, to be the performative bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, because the thing you trade for that is order. Yeah, which seems like a good trade. I mean, I, I you know I, I don't see unless you want Evo Morales. You know, you, uh, which is fine. I mean, you get the occasional leader who is truly humble. Uh, but that's not really the point, is it? I mean it's not – that mm-hmm. t- the symbolic thing seems to me beside the point, which is how do you establish order in such a way that you can create institutions that allow people uh, to be healthy, wealthy, and free? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my little irritated rant <laughs> to do, to irritate my friends on the left. That's all that was. <laughs> Uh, so it seems to me that I mean talking about this that the it's, the crown isn't the problem; it's the politicians who are the problem. Very much so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm glad I'm glad that we have them, and I certainly wouldn't want to upset that balance. But it, it seems to me that to come back to an earlier point, that the buffer role that the that the crown plays mm-hmm. um, is essential to maintaining that the order that we need to.
1: And and it's also uh, important to remember that it took us a long time to get to this position. Um, where the crown is able to play that buffer role and, you know, is no longer being the antagonist, um, in the relationship. Um, but we are at a point now where we have something that works and I, I I think we shouldn't discount that.
0: We've also had, now now this assumes a royal family that's behaving more, well, let me correct that. This assumes a monarch who is behaving rather well I mean, mm-hmm. we can talk about the family a different day the family is a mess for all kinds of reasons i mean obviously we're living through the the horror of, of prince andrew uh deeply shocking uh, now we're living through the drama of, of of prince harry and the duchess of sussex uh, but queen elizabeth has been around since what 1952 is it something like that something like something that. in the 50s yeah uh she's been quite good at this job kind of stalwart uh you know we often celebrate Queen Victoria for very similar reasons. Although she chose Ottawa as the capital and we can maybe have a beef with her there. Uh, but what happens if it's King Charles in the next couple of years? Uh, you know, what happens when the shift comes to, to the next monarch?
1: Well, I wouldn't count on it for another 10 years because she's going to be live to be 105. I but, don't. Uh, <laughs> that, for, that much
0: gin in me, I would live for more than a century too.
1: Um, I think Part of it, I think, is is we are overestimating um, a lot of what we think Charles would be like as a king, um, which I don't know necessarily um, that a lot of that will pan out. Um, you know, People criticize Charles uh, for his views all the time, but he nevertheless has been proven correct on a lot of them when it comes to either the environment or um, – Things like sustainable practices. He was way uh, ahead on climate change. Way ahead in his on defense. Plans. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, uh, reviving and making sure that certain uh, practices uh, and artisanal works and stuff like that don't go extinct. Basically, he's got foundations around that. And and you know, and you know, here we have hipster cu- culture that erupted in terms of bringing back some of this artisanal um, kind of uh, ways in which we do things and everything. Sure. And and so I think he tends to be proven. Right. More often than not over the course Mm. of time. I think that will balance itself out as, you know, he becomes king and, um, you know, through the course of his reign, however long or short that may be.
0: Assuming he does become king.
1: Assuming he does.
0: So what do we think is going to happen there? Is he going to get bypassed or is he he a lock?
1: I I think he's a lock. Um, But by the time he becomes king, it will be – I'm sure he will be in his 80s by that point. Can you,
0: it must be deeply – I mean to go back to the point that this isn't exactly the glamorous life that some mm-hmm. people think. It must be really rough to go 80 years without
1: a promotion. Uh, probably. I can't imagine. At <laughs> the same time, I mean he's devoted himself to enough causes that um, he's made something of the – basically the office of Prince of Wales. Right. um Of, of being you know, the first in line um, and, and has really, I think, stepped up, uh, in terms of the, the kinds of ways in which he's devoted himself to public service.
0: Yeah, no, I think so too. And and I want to push on this point a little bit, you know, through the course, I wasn't sure how today was going to go because I wasn't sure what kind of role I was going to play because as I mentioned earlier, I'm a sort of grudging, um, supporter of the, of the monarchy because it works. Uh, and yet the service point keeps coming up. And I think, I think there's something about contemporary sensibilities and politics that downplays the role of service. I, don't, I blame liberalism and uh, in, in the cult of individuality on liberalism, that um, I am the individual. I am the center. I'm uh, owed everything and owe nothing mm-hmm. and asks very little of us. I mean, really, we ask nothing of citizens beyond uh, obey the law more or less, pay your taxes more or less, and uh, try to uh, not break the law. Or oh, sorry, try to serve on jury duty if you're called to. Although everyone weasels out of that too. So we ask nothing of people. How much is the is the monarchy about that service? Because it, it keeps coming up and, and to mind. It seems like a point that we often lose. It's easy to see the headlines about read the headlines about Prince Andrew or Harry and Meghan and say, "Oh, what a mess." Mm-hmm. But the service seems to be underplayed
1: well and and it comes back to something that the queen herself said uh at coronation was how she would devote her entire life to to service mm-hmm. and she um, did and she did and and i don't know that we necessarily uh, appreciate that as as much as as we do i mean there was another series of false headlines going around uh a month or two ago about how she was supposedly gonna you know step back uh, at age ninety five and this all had to be um put out in terms of the media in terms of no that's not gonna happen she she swore a vow that she would serve mm-hmm. the you know the the course of her entire life and um
0: we don't want we don't want a two popes situation
1: no mm-hmm. <laughs> um no and uh the is well the notion uh that Charles would somehow become a regent even though the monarchy itself does not um make that decision um that's a decision for for Parliament to make hmm. um so uh again it was it's um yeah I, we we have not necessarily appreciated i think the the devotion to service that exists um, with it, with the people who are entrusted in those roles.
0: So what do you think is is going to happen? I mean, we have, I think, pretty stable opinions about the monarchy. I mean, it's, it seems to me that when you ask Canadians, you get some sort of, you know, grudging, like, ah, well, I don't love them. The, you know, they're, I can't remember what percentage of Canadians uh, were not hap- were unhappy with them. Some are just over half or something like that, I think. Um, but how much do people care, I wonder? I mean, that's at the end of the day. I mean, if we're asking, does Canada need the monarchy? And you could get a grudging, well, what's the alternative? Uh, the the corollary to that is... Um, do people really care outside of getting outraged? Oh, they seem to care when there's a wedding. My yeah, lord! Yeah, oh, or, or a baby special issue. And and I remember from a chi- as a child, my mother had all kinds of of memorabilia and collectible things. And if there was a wedding or a child, everyone was watching. But at the end of the day, do, I mean, does the do Canadians really care that much about whether or not we keep the institution?
1: Um, it's it's hard for me to say. Um. Because I think there's a generation that very much does care and there's a generation that thrives on the celebrity culture of a different uh, – of the younger generation of royals. Um, But I think for the most part, most people are simply indifferent. Um, Some people fall into these – False narratives about, you know, the world's wealthiest welfare family, sure. um, things like that.
0: Which um, is false because they're self-sustaining.
1: They're right. self-sustaining. They actually make money yeah. for, for the country. And uh, here in Canada, the only time we pay for anything is when they come to visit. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, we get a pretty good deal out of it.
0: Yeah. And Okay. What about modernization? I mean, so, you know, in some senses, Meghan Markle was seen as something different. Uh, she was american uh, she's racialized she was an actress um, i saw her in something recently i was watching an old television show and she popped in i was like does i where have i seen that face before um i don't want to advertise the show we don't get um, or advertise my bad taste in television <laughs> but um it, and yet it seems like that was a bit of a rocky transition for the family and i mean i think some of the bad press they i mean look, look here's the thing They earn a lot of their bad press. I mean, some of it's unfair, but some of it is is Mm -hmm. well-earned. Can the institution and the family modernize in such a way that people look at them and say, oh, okay, that that seems to have caught up with the times?
1: Um, That's something I'm not really sure because I think it kind of depends as well on the whims of public opinion. Um, And Mm -hmm. that um, can, I think, be even more difficult to gauge – I think, in terms of, of modernization, the family and, and the firm, as they refer to themselves, has been undertaking that for a good decade or two now. In terms of um, just in terms, you know, like financially or aligning themselves with um, standards and practices, or um, ways in which they are, are seeing things going on in the world. Um, as part of the Commonwealth and uh, aligning themselves to certain causes. Uh, one of them that I think has been really interesting in the last few years has been the Queens canopy, which is basically about planting trees or preserving um, forested areas in different Commonwealth countries and ensuring that there is, um, you know, tree cover for, you know, climate purposes. And, um, you know, I, I don't know that the, the monarchy would have considered itself to put its name to that um, hmm. 15 years ago.
0: You know, it's funny you mention that. I mean, one of the things that works well, I mean, you, you've written about this, you know this well, it works well about this country is that institutions aren't overly democratized. I mean, in the if you look at countries where institutions are overly democratized, uh, the U.S. used to elect dog catchers, for God's sakes. They still elect judges in some cases. Uh, sheriffs.
1: Sheriffs. Um, uh,
0: the sort of people that you wouldn't want to elect, I don't think.
1: Yeah, um, public prosecutors.
0: Yes, but, right. I mean, and that's how you get hanging judges, right? And, and prosecutors who are bulldogs who, who need to make themselves look tough. I mean, it's utterly, uh, well, it's quite frankly, it's stupid. But, um, it, you know, it, it seems to me that having these institutions uh, allows for some forethought in the same way that the Senate might in this country. You know, you know, one of the things I admire about the Senate, for instance, is that they can take on issues that the House of Commons might not want to touch. For instance, the dying where they were ahead of the curve. Yeah. Uh, and, and I wonder uh, to what extent we fail to appreciate that the monarchy does the same thing.
1: I think we absolutely fail to appreciate it. Um, we we get so wrapped up, particularly in In discourse that is coming basically from American sources and we start conceiving of our own institutions in an American way and then wonder why aren't we doing things in this American way and not realizing that, you know, you're, you're trying to graft, um, two completely different animals together and you're going to wind up with a monster in the end, Um, but we nevertheless have these discussions constantly because that's the discourse that we're exposed to.
0: How much of it is about that? How much of it is about the fact that we live next door to the United States? Although I, I, don't, I don't see how anyone could look south and say, well, how can we be more like that? I don't I, – you know, this is what eludes what me is that who thinks that's better?
1: Yeah, I mean yes, – Yeah, the look yeah of no, I mean – I mean, we We nevertheless hear it all the time um, look at at the the calls for you know the the Triple E Senate, for example yeah. um, it 's very much trying to graft an American model onto something that works very differently in Canada um, and we you know we get a whole bunch of people who nod and say, yes well, why aren 't we doing it this way without actually looking at you know what it would what it would do and what they are asking for in terms of outcomes um, wouldn't even necessarily come from, from the proposals that they're uh, putting forward. And, and I think that's, it's just part of, part of being Canada. Um, And, and to bring this back to the monarchy, um, I'm always reminded uh, of the kids in the hall sketch with (laughs) Scott Thompson dressed as the queen um, (laughs) and saying to Canadians without me, you're nothing but Americans.
0: Yes, maybe the question should be: Does America need the monarchy? They'd be so lucky to have the monarchy <laughs> back. I, I really do think so. I mean, again, I, it, you know, it's a particular. I, I'm a bad social democrat because I'm so particular about institutions, and I'm a, I'm deeply Tory in the sense that I. I do not trust human capacity to reinvent institutions, but only because there's absolutely no evidence that we can do it well. Mm -hmm. Right. There's the old line that you never tear down a fence until before you know why it was built. Um, we know uh, why these fences are up and they work. I'm becoming, as as the time ticks on running to the end, I, I, I'm becoming a more fervent defender of the crown. I didn't see that one coming. (laughs) I didn't see that one coming. I hope we've convinced some other people as well. Uh, well we'll, well, we'll get letters.
1: We'll get letters. We'll get
0: letters. Well,
1: and my reply column on Twitter will, will I'm sure, be eliminated as always.
0: Oh, yes. So I, I'm on a uh, an extended broadcast-only Twitter break. People think I'm dead. I'm not. I'm perfectly well and alive um, because I, I get all riled up, you know, so I had to take some time away from it, which has been quite nice. Uh, I will pop back on, though, to look at that because I look forward to seeing that. Well, that brings us, sadly, to time. I I could talk about the the defects of the American political system all day, but um, we all have to move on with our lives. Uh, So my thanks to Dale Smith for joining me today, Uh, Tamira Ahmad, as always, and to each and every one of you um, listening as your uh, royal carriage trundles through the cobblestone streets. Thanks so much.